Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, what's up, everybody? My name is Eric Sebastian. I'm our campus pastor over at our McKinney campus. I want to welcome everybody here. I'm also our lead grow pastor here at Hope Fellowship. I want to welcome our Prosper campus, our Frisco West campus, everybody watching online, uh, my home team over in McKinney, and then everybody here at Frisco East. How we doing? Doing good? Awesome. Uh, we're glad you're here. This is week two of our series, You Have Heard It Said. Before we dive into that, uh, kind of a, some fun public service announcements for us, because Easter weekend is coming up, and we have a lot planned for you for Easter weekend. And so uh, if you have not RSVP'd for one of our many Easter services at your campus, make sure you do that. The best way to do that is to hop on over to the World Wide Web, go to easteratthope.net, and there you'll find your service, uh, your campus, then you'll find some service times. Let us know which service that you are going to, and, and also who you're bringing with you, family, friends, maybe some coworkers, neighbors, somebody that's, that's joining you for one of our Easter services and, and while we're talking about that weekend, not only are we super excited about Easter that's coming up, but that weekend on Friday is our Good Friday services. And so uh, there's uh, two service times, one at noon, one at 6.30 that Friday. The difference outside of the day is Good Friday is just at our Frisco East campus and online. So Easter services at all the campuses, Good Friday service, Frisco East and online. Again, you can RSVP for that as well at easteratthope.net. And here's kind of the why for us behind the RSVPs. We ask you to do this is because we want to make sure that I mean, we, the table is set really well, not just for you and your family, but for all of our guests that are going to be showing up that weekend as well. And so I want to encourage you to RSVP for Good Friday, RSVP for Easter services, and then secondly, uh, Invite somebody with you. If you've not invited somebody yet, make sure you invite somebody, a friend, a coworker, neighbor, somebody, uh, and bring them with you. We're going to be expecting it's going to be an incredible Easter weekend, and so we're excited about that. I'm excited about today. Uh, today is week two of our series, You Have Heard It Said, and we're going to be kind of hanging out in this passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 11, three verses. Jesus is talking, and here's what Jesus says. Then Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. In this series, we're, we're borrowing this phrase that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter 5, where he says six different times, you have heard it said, you have heard it said, you have heard it said, we're basically just borrowing that phrase and attaching it to some other things that Jesus also said all throughout the Gospels in the New Testament. And so, and really kind of the heart behind this is, is if Jesus said it, probably important and, and we, it's something that we should pay attention to, something we should lean into. And, and it's things that are kind of central to Jesus' message in the Gospels. And it's really good stuff to help us understand our relationship with God and how we're supposed to live life, like how this Christian life is supposed to be lived out. And really for us as a church, it's really meant to be a motivation for us, an encouragement for us as we lead up to Easter weekend. And this whole series is meant to be an encouragement to see like, hey, how, what Jesus says and how we're supposed to live. So we hope that you're encouraged 
and not discouraged, obviously, not like the guy, I don't know if you guys heard this story, the guy recently who was robbed at the gas station, and uh, super discouraging, this guy was uh, at the gas station, and, and he's trembling, he's, you know, been robbed, and he's trembling, and he's a mess, and, you know, finally gets to his phone and calls the cops, and the cops are super quick to respond, they show up on the scene, and they're asking the man, like, sir, do you know what happened to you? And he said, yes, you know, I was robbed right here, and, and they said, well, do you know who it was who robbed you? Do you know who did this to you? And he said, and as a matter of fact, I do. And he said, can you tell us who it was that robbed you? He said, yeah, it was pump number seven right here. This pump did it to me. Like, super discouraging, right, you know? Last service, somebody amen that joke. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that guy, but, you know, uh, we want this to be an encouragement to us. So here's the roadmap. Here's, here's where we've been. Here's where we're at. Here's where we're going in this series that hopefully is an encouragement to us. Last week, Pastor John said, you have heard it said, you must be born again. And we said this idea of born again really just simply means to believe. That you believe Jesus is who he says he is. You believe Jesus did what he said he did, and you've just subscribed your life to that. And so if you've made that decision, the second part of the message was, then what kind of believer are you? This was the question we really answered last week with Pastor John. And so the goal was to be, he, he told us this parable of the seed that Jesus teaches in the Gospels as well. And we said the goal is really to be like this fourth seed that's really productive and fruitful. And you can, you can tell they're following Jesus by their life. This week, we've already read it. We're talking about my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's where we're going to hang out today. Next week, super exciting, the rocks will cry out. Ooh, real rocks? Are they really going to, what are they going to say? We don't know. Find out next week. Stay tuned. Uh, and then leads up all the way up to Easter weekend. You have heard it said, it is finished. And for this week, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And immediately we hear that and we say, but that might be what Jesus says. This is not what life says. Life's lessons to us, life's message to us is completely different. Life says, hey, this is hard. This is, this is difficult at times. Jesus might say, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, but your job is not always telling you that same story. Your job is like, this is, you're gonna have some trouble here sometimes. There's gonna be some difficult people to work with in this environment. And Jesus is saying, my yoke that I have for you is easy and the burden that I give you is light. But in your family right now, maybe in some of your like, personal relationships right now, it's feeling like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And, and what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 11, and, and, and what all of your experience or what most of your experience has said up to this point, these things are not synonymous with one another. And Jesus says, I'm going to give you this, and it's going to be easy and light. And we're saying, well, nothing about what we've done to this point has been easy or light. In fact, if we were to sum up probably, you know, uh, how we're feeling, how we're doing lately, especially in light of the past couple of years and all the fun that they've been, just generally speaking, and, like if we were to sum all of this, all of our experience here lately into like one thought or one word or one idea, it would probably be this word. We're tired. Like you're tired. It was, it was a lot just to get you here today. You're t I'm not talking like I'm sleepy, I need a 30-minute nap to just kind of recharge kind of thing. Like, I'm depleted. I'm weary. I'm worn out. I'm restless. I'm tired. And if this word didn't hit you that way, then this next one surely will. Because if we're not tired, it's an either-or. We were busy. And 
busy's become kind of this like badge of honor for us, right? Like, it, like lately. Nowadays, like you have conversations, like it, you've done this. I, I know you've done this. I know I've done this. You have a conversation with somebody. You're like, hey, how's it going? What's the latest? What's going on? And I'm just busy. I'm just busy. I've got this with work and I've got this at home and this with my family and this with my kids. And I'm about to start this new thing over here. I'm just staying busy. You're like, man, you sound pretty busy. Now, let me one-up you and tell you how busy I am. I'm just as busy as you are, plus these three things. I'm so busy. You're like, man, you're, that's so, I can't wait to be that busy. We're going to burn out together. It's awesome, right? Hey, like, I feel like if we had, like if there was a soundtrack playing to our life these days, like if we just walked around and had like a speaker playing the, the soundtrack of our life, it's the old Alabama country song. Remember, I'm in a hurry to get things done. You guys know the song, I rush and rush until life's no fun. This is like, this is the rhythm of our life. It's the soundtrack of our life. The campus pastors, we read a book uh, a little over a year ago called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And in this book, the author, John Mark Comer, he gives us 10 telltale signs that we're suffering from a term he identifies as hurry sickness. And hurry sickness is essentially those of us who have our hands raised saying, I'm too busy and I'm too tired. And so these are, his, these are his 10 signs. The first one is this, irritability. Are, are, you, are you just irritated a lot more these days? Number two, hypersensitivity. Are easily offended. You're just easily, you're, you're offendable right now. Number three, restlessness. I was just having a conversation with someone recently. They said, I, I'm going to bed early and, or earlier and earlier, but getting less and less sleep. I'm, just, I'm restless. It, some of us identify with that. Workaholism, number four. Or just this nonstop, this need for nonstop activity. I got I to be moving. I got to be doing. I can't sit still. I got to constantly be doing something, building something, creating something, working on something, just constantly in this state of doing. Emotional numbness. It's pretty self-explanatory. Next, out of order priorities. I had an old Bible professor that used to say, you're majoring on all the minors, right? Your priorities are out of line here. Next, lack of care for your body. Next, escapist behaviors. Next, slippage in spiritual practices. And maybe some of us, we would say, hey, we've slipped so far in our spiritual practices that this has become more like a failure in spiritual practices, like and there's not a lot going on right now. Lastly, isolation. So if you were to take an inventory of yourself right now out of these 10, how would you rate yourself? Would you say I'm like a 5 out of 10? I don't know, I'm doing pretty good. I'm like a 3 out of 10. Some of us are like 7, 8, 10 out of 10 maybe. Like does this describe any of us? Does, does this not describe any of us? If, if this is John Mark Comer's top 10 list, this is like, this is the menu here. And I decided, so these are awesome, and I just thought, hey, let's just go a step further, because maybe you're still like, I'm not certain that you're talking to me today. And so I made it a little secret menu. These are kind of some off-the-menu ones that, that go in line with this. And so the first one is this. Do you mobile order your food while sitting in the drive through line to see which one gets your food to you faster? Can I just say, if you do this, you're a sick individual, okay? You need help, all right? If this is you, we're talking to you today. Number two, do you count cars? I am preaching to somebody today. Do you count cars at an upcoming red light and change lanes to the ones with the least amount of cars? This was you 
45 minutes ago on your way to where you're at right now. And the last one is because, you know, this was just fun. As, as the pastor, I just I had to put this on here. Do you leave church five minutes early to beat the rush to the parking lot? Yeah. We know who you are, and we're sick of it is what we're trying to say. All right? Okay? No. I mean, you know, this, <laughs> we know who you are because who you are is all of us. We all do these things. We all are suffering from hurry sickness. We're all suffering from saying we're too busy. We're too tired. I mean, this is, this is all of us. None of us are excluded from this today. And, and here's why this matters, okay? Like we're having fun with this, but here's, here's, this is why this matters, though. It's because we know, you and I, we already know this. How we spend our time is how we spend our lives. We know this is true. How we're spending our time is how we spend our lives. And when we are, we are becoming or not becoming the type of person that we want to be. And, and, and how we're spending our time is, is the biggest motivator or the biggest agitator to becoming the type of people that God is wanting us to become. And so what are the biggest detractors from that? Well, it's this endless cycle of too busy, too tired. And, and, and what's happening is that Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness and hurry and tired, which then leads to God becoming more and more marginalized in our lives, which then leads to a deteriorating relationship with God, which then leads to becoming even more and more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how we're supposed to live this Christian life, which leads us back to the beginning, to more conformity, to a culture of busyness and hurry and tired. And we find ourselves in this endless cycle of doing this. And what's happening is along the way, we're adopting a lifestyle that says this. It says, I can become a success in my field and yet a failure at following Jesus. I'm really good at what I do, not really great at who I'm supposed to be. Who God is calling me, who, who God's wanting me to be, who God's produced and created me and ordained and established for me to be. I'm really good at what I do, but I'm not really great at this. And Jesus, in Matthew chapter 11, he's trying to speak a new language. He's trying to communicate a new message. And he's trying to get this new message across. And this new message was different than the Old Testament law of striving and continually trying to be good enough and never really making it. And Jesus is trying to get this new message across in Matthew chapter 11 and all throughout the Gospels. And it's different than what the rules and the regulations of what the Pharisees were heaping on top of the people. See, because the law was already impossible. What the Pharisees came along and did is they started adding hundreds of additional rules and regulations and burdens on the people to say, hey, you, you can't even keep the law. There's no way you're going to be able to do all this other stuff. And it's this constant state of burdened and weighed down and oppressed. And Jesus is trying to communicate this idea that, no, 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 this life that God has for us is different. This life that God has for us is one that's filled with grace and peace and love and joy and hope and rest. But he's trying to communicate it to a group of people who all they've ever experienced is toil and pain and burdened down, worn out. Wearisome. So you can imagine as Jesus is, is teaching this message, it's 
oftentimes it's met with either confusion or contention because this is a really difficult message to understand. Right? When life is saying one thing and Jesus is saying something else, wh- where do we fit into this? And the people in Matthew chapter 11, they knew the same thing that you and I know, that life is hard. And it is difficult to always keep the rules all the time. And that sorrow and pain are always at the door, knocking. And they're not always nice, and sometimes they just barge in unannounced. And they knew what we knew, that we suffer from hurry sickness, that we're all carrying burdens, and sometimes these burdens get heavy. And we find ourselves in cycles of too busy and too tired. And so what do we do? We don't always go to God. Sometimes we go, I can fix this myself. I can curate a solution myself. And oftentimes we pick one of two venues. We say, I'm either going to, it's either I need more time. If I had more time, if I could just move some stuff around, you know, reschedule some things, you know, reprioritize some things, if I just had more time, or if I could just do a little bit more. If I, could, if I could just do a little bit more. And what ends up happening is, we, we, you know, we, these, are, these are our solutions. And we say this, well, if I can just do this, and then we, we, we keep doing, and we keep going, and we keep running until eventually we run out. And we wear down, and we give in. And maybe you're even here today, and you'd say, I've given So Jesus has this message for us in Matthew chapter 11 that says, come to me, I promise you, rest if you're weary and hope if you're burdened. And we go, this sounds a little too good to be true. Uh, you're, you're selling something different than what life has sold. We come to find out that we know it's not too good to be true because Jesus is the one teaching us this. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 11, first verse 28. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all. All is all of us. This invitation is to all of us. Are you weary? Are you carrying heavy burdens? Are you too tired? Are you too busy? Then I have, I have something for you. And he says, I'm going to exchange. I'm going to take all of those things, and I'm going to give you rest. And that word rest is synonymous with salvation. Give me all these things that you're holding on to, and I'm going to give you my salvation. This is what Jesus is offering to us. Dr. Tony Evans says it this way. By the way, Dr. Tony Evans, who's speaking at our men's conference this year, if you're a guy and you've not signed up, get signed up for the men's conference. He says this. He says, to rest is to put your burdens in God's hands and enjoy his provision of forgiveness and eternal life. It's fascinating in verse 28, Jesus doesn't say, you need to know what you're weary from. He doesn't say, hey, hey, you need to know what, your he- what heavy burden you're carrying before you can bring it to me. You need to give it a name. You need to have it identified. You need to have gone through seven steps to try to get it, becoming a better you and then bring it to me. He says, no, no, no. Whatever you're carrying, whatever the weight, I have rest for you. Bring it to me. Are you tired Are you worn down? I have rest for you. Are you struggling with sin? Are you stressed out? I have rest for you. And the imagery here is is so incredible. The imagery here is synonymous with this famous character in John Bunyan's infamous story, The Pilgrim's Progress. 
And, and the main character in this story is this character by the name of Christian. And, and Christian is weighed down in the Pilgrim's Progress. He's weighed down by this heavy burden, this heavy weight that he's carrying on his back, and he can't find any relief he can find no freedom from. And so he, he goes on this quest to find the celestial city because he's been told that, this, that salvation is awaiting him in the celestial city. And so Christian, this main character, he encounters all sorts of characters and distractions and roadblocks on his journey to the city. But the road eventually leads him to the cross. We pick up the story here. It says, now I saw in my dream that the highway up which Christian was to go was fenced on either side with the wall, and that wall was called salvation. Up this way, therefore, did burdened Christian run, but not without great difficulty because of the load on his back. He ran thus till he came at a place somewhat ascending, and upon that place stood a cross, and a little below in the bottom, a sepulcher, a fire pit, essentially. So I saw in my dream that just as Christian came up with the the cross, his burden loosed from off his shoulders and fell from off his back and began to tumble and so continued to do till it came to the mouth of the sepulchre where it fell in and I saw it no more. Then was Christian glad and lightsome and said with a merry heart, I love this, he hath given me rest by his sorrows and life by his death. Then he stood still a while to look and wonder for it was very surprising to him the sight of the cross should thus ease him of his burden. He looked, therefore, and looked again, even till the springs that were in his head sent the waters down his cheeks. What's Jesus' message to all of us who are weary, carrying heavy loads, heavy burdens, too tired, too busy? He says, there is rest for you at the foot of the cross. You can exchange all of your burdens, all of the pain, all the shame, all the weight that you're carrying in exchange for my salvation. And if that was all this verse said, if that was all we read today, that would be more than we need. But Jesus keeps going. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, he says, Now take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And if if verse 28 was all about salvation, then verse 29 now is all about discipleship. Verse 28 is simply, hey, come to me. Sit sit by my side. All you have to do is show up. You don't have to do anything else. Just show up. In verse 29 now, he's saying, learn from me. Let me teach you. Uh, Allow me to equip you for the journey and for the life ahead. Uh, let, Let me help you deal with the weight of too busy and too tired. And he tells us how he's going to teach us, how he's going to equip us. He says, take my yoke upon you. A yoke is this wooden bar that's harnessed to the necks of a pair of oxen. And number one, it brings them together. But then number two, it helps them distribute the weight to do the work that's in front of them. I mean, simply put, it's, it's how these two oxen shoulder the load. How they distribute the weight to shoulder the load to keep moving forward. <laughs> Isn't this odd, though? It's kind of strange when you look at this verse, just in these three verse contexts. Like, Jesus has just, he's saying the exact opposite in these two verses. He, he just promised us rest in verse 28. And we're like, rest, yes. Like, we'll all take some of that. 
And he's like, all right, verse 29, strap it on. Put the yoke on. We're getting to work. But hold up, hold up, hold up. Where was that sweet, sweet rest you were talking about just one verse ago? And this is where we get a little confused because we're like, a yoke is not a resting tool. This is a working tool. And this is where we go, Jesus, let me help you. Because I know what rest looks like, okay? And it's not a yoke, and it's not work. And this is where we want to get the pen out, and we want to say, Jesus, I think what you meant to say was this. What you meant to say was, come to me, all who want a vacation on an adults-only cruise to the Bahamas. Because that's rest, okay? We can all amen that. And then Jesus says, yes, and I will give it to you, all-inclusive. Can I get an amen? (laughs) And we're like, praise him. They're... Like, this is what, this is rest. This is sweet rest. Jesus, this is what we wish you were telling us. But see, Jesus knows something that you and I, especially in seasons where we're feeling too tired and and too busy, we oftentimes forget this reality. That following Jesus doesn't make every problem in our life disappear. Right, I mean, we know this. Jesus doesn't say that, hey, if you follow me, you'll no longer have problems. You'll no longer have any pain. You'll no longer have any weight to carry. You'll no longer be overwhelmed or have tired seasons. No, he's fully aware that life is a cycle of seasons, and some of those seasons are weighted. So instead of giving us an escape card to temporary freedom from our burdens, temporary freedom, it's just a, a get-out-of-pain-free get card for a couple of days, He says, no, no, I'm not offering you a way out. I'm going to give you, I'm going to show you, I'm going to teach you a way through. And that way through is his yoke because now we're no longer left to carry the weight of our burdens and the pain of our past and the guilt of our sin all alone. Because now we've attached ourselves, we've taken on his yoke. And he's saying, let me redistribute the weight. Now, Now that you're with me, now that you're side by side and you're attached to me, Let me redistribute the weight so I can shorter this. And now you can feel the full breadth of this weight being carried on my shoulders. And you're you're, you're experiencing my strength and you're experiencing my presence and my wisdom and my guidance and my joy and my freedom. And under under my presence and, and, and yoked to me, you're experiencing rest. Dr. Tony Evans again says it this way, verse 28, when you come to Jesus, he gives you rest in terms of your salvation. But verse 29, when you accept the yoke of discipleship, you find rest and you experience it where? Every day. You experience it in your daily life. How is this possible? How is this possible? Jesus tells us in verse 30. He says, no, I'm not gonna get you out I'm going to give you a lighter load in verse 30. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden that I give you is light. And this is where we struggle, I think, because this is not the lesson that life is teaching. And we hear this, and it sounds so good, but but circumstances say the opposite. Because of that, I think we, we struggle here because we're hearing easy and light, but our experiences have said difficult and heavy. And Jesus is speaking these words in Matthew chapter 11, and he's speaking them to us as well. But it goes against everything that we've experienced. It goes against so much of the lessons that life has already taught us. 
right? He's wanting to teach us something, this new way of life. But it, it goes against all the lessons we've already learned from all the pain and the weight and the toil and the trouble of life. And so he's speaking this to us, and, it, and the truth of the matter is his yoke is not some harness that wraps around us, that weighs us down. He's saying, no, my yoke is a lifestyle. My yoke is a set of teachings that I'm going I'm, I'm to teach you. I'm going to train you. I'm going to equip you for how to deal with the weight of life. This is the yoke that I have for you. It's a way of life. How to deal with marriage and divorce. How to deal with conflict and resolution. How to deal with money and how to deal with relationships. How to deal with, deal with politics and how to deal with the culture that we live in. All the heavy things of life, Jesus says, there's nothing that's too heavy that you can't put on me. There's nothing too heavy that I can't carry. Bring me all the heavy things in life, the things that are creating you, creating too tired and too busy. And in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Jesus is telling us, you can't carry all that weight. But I can. I can with ease. So just come and sit by me. Sit by me. Let me do the heavy lifting. And now that you're with me, take my yoke. Allow me to teach you. Travel through life at my side. Learning from me. How to shoulder the weight of this life with ease. With rest. What Jesus is teaching us in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, is this. That if we want to experience the life of Jesus, we have to experience the lifestyle of Jesus. And we see the life that Jesus has to offer. Rest, peace, a place to bring my heavy burdens. Absolutely, sign me up. I want all that that life has to offer. And he says, to get all that that life has to offer, you have to subscribe to the lifestyle that it takes to get it. And we go, ho, 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 wait up. We want the life that he's offering, but we're not always willing to adopt the lifestyle behind it. I was talking to someone before this service. I said, I'd like to add about 15 more pounds, trying to work out, trying to get fit. There's a lifestyle that comes attached to that. Are you willing to adopt the lifestyle to do it? You know, history would say, I am not. But presently, I'm trying. I was getting some tips and tricks. I was yoking up to somebody before service and going, tell me some tricks. Teach me something in regards to that. Uh, This isn't just, Jesus isn't saying this is just an ethics thing. This isn't just a theology thing. This is a way of life thing. This is a lifestyle thing. Because we, we know this, that our life is a result of our lifestyle. How we spend our time is how we're spending our lives. We are constantly becoming or not becoming the type of people that Jesus is calling us to be. So here's my question for us today as we wrap this up. What are the results of your lifestyle right now? What results is your lifestyle yielding you right now? As we self-assess today, as we take inventory today, as we allow the Holy Spirit to speak and move on our hearts today, 
are the things that are bubbling up, some of this hurry sickness, too busy and too tired, weighed down and feeling heavy burdens. We're feeling tired and busy and, and burned out. Is there anything in our life that is producing any signs of rest or peace or strength? But what if, what if we could catch a glimpse today of the kind of life that is possible with Jesus? And what if we could catch a vision of this today, of, of the kind of life that in the face of weariness and, and in the face of adversity and in the face of heavy burdens and in the face of tired and worn down and depleted, there was also greater than those rest and hope, and peace, and easy, and light. There was a, a man by the name of Horatio Spofford, and Horatio Spofford uh, lived in the 1800s, and he was a successful attorney and an estate investor. And he lost a fortune in the great Chicago fire in 1871. So out of this fire, loses a majority of his wealth how he provides for his family. And around that same time, his four-year-old son dies of scarlet fever. He loses a fortune. He loses his son. And in light of that, he decides to schedule a vacation for him and his wife and his remaining four daughters. And so he plans this trip. He puts his wife and his daughters on this ship that's headed for England. And he's going to stay back and finish up some business, and he's going to catch a ship several days later and meet them there. But that never happens. Because as Spofford and his daughters, his wife and his daughters crossed the Atlantic Ocean, the ship that they were on was involved in a terrible collision and sank to the bottom of the ocean. And because of that, more than 200 people lost their lives on that boat including all four of Spofford's daughters. So he's lost his fortune, he's lost his son, he's lost his daughters. His wife sends word back to him at home and he immediately sets sail for England. And he's on this boat and the captain of the ship, fully aware of the tragedy that Spofford had endured, summons him to let him know that they were about to pass over the spot where his family's shipwreck had occurred. And so Spofford goes out and it's in that moment. He's looking out and, and just taking in all that that moment meant. And, and you can't tell me he's not in that moment imagining the weight and feeling the weight and the stress and the burden of life. I've lost all of my fortune and I've lost my family. I've lost my children and the means to provide for them. And in that moment, he gets his journal and he just writes some words down. He writes some words down that would offer him some comfort and some hope in a moment of tired and weary and heavy burdened. The words that he would write down not only would offer comfort and hope to Spofford in that moment, but it would offer comfort and hope 
to the Christian church for many, many years to follow. Because in light, listen to this, in light of what our lives and our circumstances try to get us to believe, in spite of the lessons that life has tried to teach you, and in spite of the experiences that you've had to this point, there is a truth found in Jesus that is greater. There is a truth found in Jesus that supersedes whatever our experiences have been to this point. So, so what does Spofford write in that moment? What, what could anybody pin in that moment that has been met with incredible pain and incredible weight and trouble? In that moment realizing fortune, gone, son, gone, daughters, gone. Only someone who's familiar with Matthew 11, only someone who's experienced his yoke is easy and his burden is light, could write this, that when peace like a river attendeth my way, that when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, Whatever I'm carrying, whatever burdens I've toted in this life, thou hast taught. I have learned. I have taken up your yoke. I have learned from you who is gentle and humble in heart to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Church, Jesus' invitation for us is so simple today. He says, are you tired? Are you busy? Are you burdened? Are you worn out? Are are you hurting? Are you grieving today? Are are you constantly stuck in traffic and behind on all your to-dos? Are you reaching for one cup of coffee just to make it through today? I mean, is there anybody like that? Is there anybody not like that? His invitation is simple. He says, hey, here's what you have to do. Come to me. Just just come to me. Learn from me. Find rest for your weary and tired soul. Take my yoke. Adopt my lifestyle. Follow my way. Because we we know, we've lived enough life to know there's no escape from the weight of this life. The best the world can offer you is a temporary distraction. And that's the best the world has to offer. Not so with Jesus. That's why he doesn't offer us a way out. He shows us a way through. So how, how does this life become possible for us? Well, what does this life look like? Jesus teaches us in Matthew 11, verses 28, 29, and 30. Verse 28, he says, just be with me. Spend time with me. Get to know me. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I'll give you rest. You just got to spend time in my presence. And then as we're with Jesus, we start to become like Jesus. Take my yoke. Learn from me. I'm humble and I'm gentle. Despite what life has taught you, despite even maybe what theology and experience has tried to train you to believe, I'm humble 
and I'm gentle. You start to become like me. And when we're with Jesus and we become like Jesus, we'll start to do what he would do if he were you. We start to do what Jesus would do if he were us. Says if you want the lifestyle that I have to offer, you got to subscribe to the life. If you want the life that I have to offer, you you got to adopt the lifestyle. You say, well, I want to do what Jesus would do if He were me. Says okay, you need to become more like me. Well, how do I become more like Him? I got to be with Him. I got to spend more time with Him. This is what Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30 is all about. Probably the best way for us to end this message is just to reiterate this verse in a different way. Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message version, says this verse this way. I think it's so applicable for us, myself included. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? And come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let's pray together. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for yet another opportunity that you've given us today to serve you. Help us to make the most of that, God. Help us to, 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 to be with you and in turn become more like you and to start to do what you would do if you were us. Because we're tired of a lifestyle that says we're too busy, we're too tired, we're, we're weighed down by the burdens and the weight of life. But help us to adopt a mindset and to adopt a lifestyle that reminds us that we can come to you all who are weary and heavy burdened, that you will give us rest. And that as we take your yoke, as we, as we learn from you, we know the burden that you give us, the yoke that you give us is easy. The burden that you give us is light. So allow us to go from this day forward, God, from this moment forward, walking with you, learning from you. We love you. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.